Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. Here we are, Father John, Nathan Goebel. I am a 28-year-old male, and I'm still having snow days! Yes. As of three yes, minutes ago, yes, we found out that yes. Denver, Denver Public Schools have canceled for I know. tomorrow. Snowpocalypse 3. I don't have my science project done, so <laughs> so excited. It's a cup of dirt. Cup of dirt. The uh, No, it's a very exciting moment in the life of Nathan Goble. I remember the joy of snow days last year. Now, Nathan, do you remember a year ago, almost to the day, a year and one day, we got a snow day, and I went skiing. Oh, my gosh, yeah. And I tore all the ligaments in my ankle. Was it really that long ago? A year and a day. February well, 1st, and here we are. So m- the moral of the story... Do not go skiing tomorrow. Uh, that will not be a problem. I um, I cut my finger open washing dishes the other day, so I I still have stitches. So we uh, we learned this week, Nathan, for the third time, cutting his finger open. We have to, we've removed all sharp objects from the house, and uh, we've uh, replaced them with Playmate yeah. objects. I'm so. only allowed to play with my Fisher Price kitchen <laughs> set. No, no, that's not true. You can also use your Easy Bake Oven. Yes. So cupcakes on the way. So we're excited to be here tonight. We're I am overjoyed. John, Father John still has to go to work tomorrow. He still is a priest. I am still a seminarian, but I am free from all pressures of fundamental moral theology, psalms and wisdom, and uh, what's my th- church history. But the good thing is my pastor is a guy named Father Peter who's three years older than me, and he likes snow days also. Oh, yeah. Who doesn't? So I think we're going to be enjoying a snow day tomorrow. Father Father Goronsky, our priest at, at the at the seminary, always has an excellent reflection on snow days because snow days are the ultimate intervention of God upon our technocratic world. Well said. Where we we impose order on everything. The schools will open at eight. Everyone will be eating lunch at eleven thirty. You will go to this class. The bell will ring. Tomorrow the bells will ring and no students will be there. It's a beautiful thing. Students will tear their lig- ligaments. Other people will be drinking hot chocolate and watching 80s movies. And we'll be here in Boulder. We'll be here in Boulder. Enjoying ourselves. And we just want to bring you a little bit of that festivity. So tonight, in honor of that, we've, we're burning incense. You see them lighting behind you? Little little cedar, Sierra cedar. In honor of uh, Boulder, Colorado. Here we are. You know, Welcome. All right. So, well, even though, even though Psalms and Wisdom class is canceled for tomorrow... That's actually the subject of our podcast. So we're going to give a Psalms and Wisdom class, That's even right. though it's a snow day. That's right. This is how this is how dedicated I am to you, listener you land. Seriously, are you? I, the only, I draw you close to me. You're the only one. Yeah, that's enough, right there. We I, got all the toxic, inappropriate comments out before dinner. <laughs> we had an amazing mac and cheese and uh, chicken. Yeah, and uh, now we're uh, we're up for it. We need to say just real quick though that there's a guy who cooks for us up here in Boulder. That's right, and his name is Ty. T-H-A-I. <laughs> he's an ace. Actually, the first, time I, the first time I met him, I was really shocked because he's a really big white dude. And in fact, I was expecting an Asian guy because everybody called him Ty. And I was like, oh. We're talking about you. He just walked into the basement here. And uh, Ty is actually my lifting partner. So we go to the gym twice a week. And I used to walk in and no one would notice. But now I got mad props because Ty's also huge. And he's not Asian. He's not Asian. He's a big man. And he's very white. He's, hair. he's definitely not my lifting partner. And he's holding a huge knife right now, which is kind of scary. But we were talking about your mac and cheese and your chicken and the asparagus. Delish. Who likes asparagus? We do. Yeah. 
Because of tie. I'm not really looking forward to the aroma that's going to come later, but... That's enough. To the topic. To the topic at hand. Four-minute intro. Let's do this. All right. We're getting to the topic. All right. So I was so, so excited uh, this semester for one of the first times when I got my syllabus because every single class I felt like was going to be pretty baller and it was just going to knock it out of the park. And How would we describe ball, the word baller for those who might be of an older age? A baller is a, a term of endearment. <sighs> Namely, they're going to be at the top of their game. It, it's it's going to, you know, uh, how would you describe it? Would you it? say that this semester you've balled so hard? No. <laughs> well, I mean, in the, in the basketball term, I've only played basketball once and I didn't make an idiot of myself. Um, but yeah, it every single teacher's teaching in their field. It's going to be sweet. And uh, one of the classes was Psalms and Wisdom. And uh, anytime we actually get into the scriptures uh, in the seminary, it's been a very fruitful experience. Um, instead of, you know, dogmatics or systematics. Watch or, it, watch it. What? You get the scripture quotes in there. Right. But um, I really don't want to be the, the kind of priest that is able to quote major sections, tractates from my favorite theologian without paralleling it. With a little scripture. Because where are they getting these insights? You yourself would say that Von Balthasar actually leads you deeper into scripture, That's right? True. That's true. As well as deeper into Von Balthasar. <laughs> which is good. Which It's really good. And currently I have no uh, sale sorger uh, of sorts in the uh, theological realm, in the academic realm. Um, and But that's okay because... We're teaching a Psalms of Wisdom class right That's now. right, folks. Just sit back and relax. We're going to get into Psalms and Wisdom. So anytime I say Psalms, it's probably going to sound really bad because it's going to sound lispy. So Psalms. I'll try to back away from the mic. You okay. Know, when I was in uh, high school. It's I, all about you. I, no, <laughs> I read The Crucible. I was the... Uh, oh, yeah. I had a role. Arthur Miller. Is that right? Uh-huh. And I was the what, preacher. Talk- I was the preacher, and I I read the. Uh, this is as a Catholic who had no idea what I was doing, and I got to the word Psalm, freshman year in high school, psalm. and I read it as palms, <laughs> thinking the S was silent. <laughs> and uh, my teacher, like, she goes, "Oh, obviously somebody's not a Christian." Ooh, yeah, ooh, a little spicy. And Public have, school, and I've never forgot that moment. So there wow. So there you go. I'll tell an embarrassing story at the end about the Psalms. <laughs> All right, let, let's continue though. Let's get okay, to so. Uh, my teacher, which if he listens to this podcast, doubtful he does, um, but Dr. Joel Barstead, who is an excellent, excellent fellow, and he was going to be teaching Psalms and Wisdom for the first time uh, at the seminary. Our our other professor is in a uh, capacity in which he's probably moving on, uh, not teaching the class anymore. You know about that? Right, yeah, well, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyways, but he's a first timer. You know, so it's like, well, what's this exactly going to be? First, th- first thing he does, he give hands out the syllabus and he says, "We're going to memorize the Psalms this this semester," which is awesome. I wish I would have yeah. done that. It's beautiful. Uh, so we had our Psalm test last week uh, on Psalm three. You had to do it, uh, write it down, and then the other thing uh, that he began the class with was just an explanation of biblical poetry. And since we're talking about the Psalms the Psalms and wisdom, a lot of it is filled with poetry. Now, right. what is the image when you, when you that comes to mind when you talk about poetry? Boring. Boring. Now, um, do you have any poems memorized? Uh, I do. I have one. Please. Are you serious? Yeah, I'd love it. 
All right, this is Gerard Manley Hopkins. Oh, really? Okay. The world is charged with the grandeur of God. He will flame out like shining from shook foil. He gathers to a greatness like the ooze of oil crushed. Why do men then not wreck his rod? Generations have trod, have trod, have trod, and all is seared with trade, bleared, smeared with toil. Wears man's smudge and shares man's smell. The soil is bare now, nor can foot feel being shod. But alas, I forget the second half. That's awesome. That's, dang it, I used to know the whole thing. Well, that that's your penance. Alas. Okay, go ahead, continue, I'll remember. Is that the one that ends with, uh, with warm breast and yes, ah, yes, yes, bright yes. wings. But alas, nature is never spent. Yes, there thank you. lives the dearest freshness deep down things, and though the last light off the black west went, brown eastered morning springs, and the holy ghost broods with warm breast and with ah, bright wings, bright wings. That's a beautiful, beautiful Hopkins, poem. Yeah, God's grandeur, one of the most beautiful poems. Yeah, that's all I know. Robbie Smith has uh, God's grandeur on the back of his bumper sticker, and I always thought it was really odd. It was just, it just says the world is charged, and I'm like, all right, whatever. Um, okay, so the only poem I knew and still know is from Shel Silverstein, <laughs> um, and uh, it's not as impressive. But um, uh, my beard grows down to my toes. I never wears no clothes. <laughs> I wraps my hair around my bear, and down the road I goes. You can't say that's inappropriate because I read that when I was like five. I, read, I didn't say it's inappropriate. I love that book. That's good. Uh, where the sidewalk ends. So, um, <laughs> I love that chicken soup hey, bowl. What's the topic of so this podcast? We're talking about biblical poetry. <laughs> Is that the topic? So, yeah. So we're gonna t- we're gonna talk about an an element of poetry in in the Psalms, and I don't want you to get the idea that we're we're gonna outline every single. Uh, spectrum of poetry in the Psalms. Can I ask you a quick question? John, go ahead, listen. I was in a conversation with an older priest recently, mm-hmm. and he said to me, why do I need to pray the Liturgy of the Hours, which means the Psalms? It's just Hebrew yes. poetry. What does that have to do with my life now? Mm. Yeah. Can you speak to that? I think I think this will speak to that, because here's the crazy thing. We are praying Hebrew words that somehow still have meaning to us today. So... You just recited, or we both recited, English poetry. So it would be somewhat difficult if we were Spanish or Thai to translate it into our respective languages and to still carry the meaning of the the psalm, of the poem, to the reader. Um, I get that a little bit whenever I see somewhat of John of the Cross's poetry. Right. It's just kind of like we're missing something here. Exactly. And right. it, and when you read it in Spanish, it's like, I don't know what this means, but it actually looks like poetry. Right. Um, so the Psalms, how is it that we've been able to translate these Psalms, which we're saying are poems or elements of poetry? I don't know if all of them are. Um, I'm only in my third class, so uh, I, I'm just, you know, flatlining right here it's to tell right. you I don't know much. But... Um, this is what we talked about at the beginning, is that somehow God, in his great plan, designed the Psalms as poetry and a specific type of poetry that could still convey meaning today. Yeah. And, okay, so let's let's look at a psalm. I think- so much so, convey meaning, so much so that the church says that this, the liturgy of the hours, the, the praying of the psalms, yeah. is the voice of the spouse. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Christ himself knew the, knew the Psalms. He knew the scriptures. Um, he praised the Psalms in, in, in different 
uh, moments in the gospel, the the most famous of which, Psalm 22, my God, my God, why have you forsaken mm-hmm. me? Which actually ends on a positive note, Pache, Keith Kenny. Uh, Keith was reminding me that, of ours. that it that it does not uh, it's he's not expressing despair there. But okay, so but I'll just be honest. I prayed morning prayer this morning. Yep, and I prayed it like prose. I just kind of bam, 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 walked oh, through yeah. it. Oh yeah, it wasn't like I was reciting poetry, right? And and, it, and it's difficult to 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 keep that meaning because in our breveries, uh, in our psalter, um, we have it usually in four line stanzas. So. Um, Oh God, you are my God, for you I long, for you my soul is thirsting, my body pines for you like a dry weary right. land without water. I don't even, that was like six lines, but whatever. Some of them are six lines. Did you know are... down the street in Boulder, Colorado, we have the third, only one of three poetry coffee shops in the whole world? What, what, do you have to recite a poem to get a latte? That's, I don't, something like that. It's a great, good coffee though. But, uh. Really? Yeah. What's it called? Innisfree. All right. Innisfree coffee. So if you're listening to this from Boulder, check right. it out. But we got to recover that poetic sense. And I yes. Think that's what you're going to do. Yes. So um, I think one of the reasons why we lose that is when we just plow through. I mean, many times when I'm praying the breviary, I'm just, I'm thinking, all right, morning prayer, 15 minutes. If I pray it quick, 12 minutes. If I just scan my eyes over it, about eight minutes. Right. If I'm a priest, six minutes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, at, the, at, at my house, we chant it. Uh, that's going to take a little bit longer. We usually break it down into two, but normally I'm thinking, okay, how do I sing this so that I'm not completely off key? Right. Um, and uh, to varying degrees, sometimes it's successful at six o'clock in the morning. So I think the element that we miss in 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 the Psalms, which I think this was brilliant on the on the part of Dr. Barstead, is at the very beginning he he called our attention to the fact that m- much of Hebrew uh, poetry Psalms. Uh, are combined into uh, what's called parallelism. And uh, what it does is every single line actually has um, two what's called versets or half line. And you'll see that. I, I don't I don't know what translation you're operating from. This one is the uh, RSV. But if you if you look at your Bible, if you take out your Bible and flip it to <laughs> Psalm 88, um, you'll see that um, every single line is indented just a, a, a slight bit, every other line. And I think, uh, I'm, this is speculation, uh, as you know, I am not an expert. I'm just telling you what you should know. Somehow it makes sense. Right. Um, but um, when you look at the line and you see just a, an indented line, that is the second part of a verset, which is actually half of one line. So you read the two lines together and see how they relate to one another. Gotcha. And we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna note just four qualities um, of of the lines that you can see. Now, this is from a guy named um, what is it? Atler. Um, he sounds he sounds smart. Well, he's from Berkeley, and he's now got... hold on a second. So let me just hear this back to you. Okay. When I read Alter, the Psalms, I'm sorry, Robert. Like I'm looking Alter. at a, I'm looking at the uh, King James version right now. Yes. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the in the way of sinners. Psalm one. Nor sinneth in the seat of the scornful. Now, what you're saying is that mm-hmm. if we catch the parallel structure, right. let's go back. To we'll be entered. We'll be able to enter in in a deeper way into the actual content of the psalms because we'll understand the structure. Yeah. The form is that is that correct? Yeah, because the 
the crazy thing about the poetry is that instead of like like the psalm that you or the poem that you recited, the poem specifically that I recited is every line rhymes, and that's kind of our that's kind of our understanding, basic understanding of what a lot of poetry is. Um, but if you read the actual high level poems, uh, it's not always like that. So it rhymes in the Hebrew? Uh, no. I don't. I don't think it does. I, I mean, I took Hebrew, but I, I actually don't think it does because what it's doing is it's it's describing images, and then from that image, it's it's going to the next line and explicating that image. Either there's four qualities, and we'll get to those just to tease you right now. the The four ones that this guy Robert Alter draws your attention to is specification, focusing concretization and dramatization and we'll give uh, examples of this but let's just check out psalm one um psalm is an old testament uh, if you're flipping through your bible now trying to find it um okay if you're so catholic if you're catholic <laughs> blow off the dust and <laughs> and dig it out from your catechism and your rosary that you got for confirmation from like 2005 um okay so we'll begin blessed is the man what who is this man Blessed is this man who is this Christ who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, and then the next line, nor, nor stands in the way of sinners. sinners, nor sits in. Well, do you have a different? Are you doing no, RSVP? RSVP. Now? RSVP? Okay, RSVP. good. I didn't want to do the Kenneth and Braneth and walketh. I think I just said RSVP. Okay, so now you have now you have a three part uh, intensification. Who is this man? He's walking not in the counsel of the wicked. He's standing not in the way of sinners. And he's sitting not in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And, and then the next half line. And on his it, law, he meditates day and night. Yeah, so it's saying, where is his delight? What is he, what is he delighting in? He's delighting in meditating. He is like a tree. What kind of a tree? Planted by streams of water. And, and, it's, and I would always read that as one line. Right. He well, is like a tree planted by streams of water. I'm looking at the RSV right now. Mm-hmm. He is like a tree planted by streams of water. Just boom, all the way through. That yield its fruit in due season. So which part is offset on that line, for example? Um, well, this one, it says, he is like a tree, then indentation, planted by streams of water. That yields its fruit in season, and then the next line, and its leaf does not wither. Right. So, um, so yeah, I don't know, I mean... I could I could break down Psalm one uh, if I had some time and intelligence <laughs> and but let's just look. Just okay, go, wait, which Psalm did you plan? Because I I didn't mean to throw you off with Psalm one. Well, no, it, it's fine. I mean, we're gonna go back to Psalm eighty eight. Um, but why don't we go over the four things that he's asking you to, to keep an eye on? Because he actually uses signification, example. Thanksgiving. What was the third? <laughs> Specification, <laughs> focusing, concretization, dramatization. Okay, okay so. Specification is, um, the general term occurs in the first line or phrase, and a more specific instance of the general term occurs in the second. The example would be from Proverbs 3.10, then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. So the second line is which one? Intensification? Specification. Specification. Um, yeah. So the... so the second line, if we understand the structure of the poetry, mm-hmm. it's a specification of the first line. Yes. Gotcha. A little slower than the rest. My bad. That's all right. Uh, and then the other example he gives is, his heart is as solid as stone, as solid as the nether millstone. 
So um, if we just read that as one line, I mean, it's like, why are you saying the same thing twice? Right. Um, and, uh, and you even see Christ do this in some of his parables uh, where he talks about, um, well, I, I shouldn't have talked about an example because then I can think of it. <laughs> Maybe it'll talk about it on the sheet. That's okay, right. so the next one um, is focusing. Um, this is where the first term is special or geographical, and the second second is usually a smaller special entity. Jeremiah seven thirty four. I will bring an end to the sounds of joy and gladness, and to the voices of bride and bridegroom in the towns of Judah and the streets of Jerusalem, for the land will become desolate. So the so the towns of Judah and Jerusalem are where the first part is going to take place, um, where his heart is as solid as stone, as solid as the nether millstone. So, yeah. Sweet. Is that the one we did? Oh, no. That was the, I will bring an end. I'll bring an end to the sounds of joy. Hopefully this is kind of delighting you in some, in some case, because I, I think if, if, if we just read the Psalms straight through as one big chunk so that I can say, all right, I've read Psalm 1. Right. Well, yeah, you've read Psalm 1, but you've skipped all the stones, you know, in the leading you on, on the path just to get to the end. Um, and, and I think just, just, I mean, as with anything with scripture, just slowing down, seeing what the words say and, um, and then how do those words speak back to the other one, to the, to the line right before it? Third one, uh, concretization. This is where the general term is transformed into a specific instance or concrete image. There is much overlap between these three. So the first three. Uh, the example, uh, Lamentations 1-2. She weeps on through the night, and her tears are on her cheek. Um, so where exactly, where exactly is she weeping? Well, you, you get a vivid image of that. Her tears are on her cheek. Um, Isaiah 17.1. Behold, Damascus will cease to be a city and will become a heap of ruin. The last one, dramatization. Uh, Isaiah 49.23. Oh wait, I gotta explain it. Do 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 do. <laughs> it's where it dramas it. Uh, psh, psh, psh. the first is a description of a general activity, and the second is a graphic or concrete image that we can vis- visualize. So that sounds like the exact same thing as concretization. Let's not ask those questions. Yeah. So the example they from Job thirty ten. They abhor me. They keep aloof from me. They do not hesitate to spit at the sight of me. Um, so can I ask you a question? Yes. Okay. So I'm, I'm Joe Schmo Catholic. You're John Nepple Catholic. Okay. Well, let's just say I want to, um, in a deeper way, engage the the poetic structure of the Psalms, of Job, of wisdom, whatever it is. How do I do that? Well, I don't know. I mean, maybe we should, maybe we should look at that Psalm that, that we did in in the, in the class that kind of helped me, um, and see if that helps in any way. Okay. <laughs> which is which one? 88? Yeah, I think it's 88. Or we can do Psalm 1. Will you read it in your British accent? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, yeah, this is a good one. Psalm 88. This is actually from Night Prayer. Uh, yeah, this is uh, Night Prayer, uh, Friday Night Prayer. My One Companion is Darkness. Uh, our favorite. So why don't we read? Why don't we read at least part of the psalm and you know, 
and just see what happens. O Lord, my God, I call for help by day. I cry out in the night before you. Let my prayer come before you. Incline your ear to my cry. For my soul is full of troubles, and my life draws near to Sheol. I am reckoned among those who go down into the pit. I am a man who has no strength. Like one forsaken among the dead, like the slain that lie in their grave, like those you remember no more, for they are cut off from your hand. You have put me in the depths of the pit, in the regions dark and deep. Your wrath lies heavy upon me, and you overwhelm me with your waves. So, I think the most important thing to do, uh, especially with the Psalms, is to try and engage the images, the word picture that that they're trying to convey. Thank you. If if you uh, if you didn't notice, Father John is yawning. Well, no, he's bored. Singular. <laughs> One yawn. Um, it's been a long day. It has been a long day. A lot of a lot of sitting and a lot of talking. <laughs> And that's what we're doing now. Okay, so so just just look at the images and and don't don't and and this was what I did in class. We went over a, a psalm. This isn't the one we did, I don't think. But um, we went over the psalm in class, and I immediately jump to like, what is the right answer? Right. What what is the what is the Christian thing to say here? What 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 would the theologian say? Well, you know what? These psalms were prayed by normal Joe Schmo Jew, and um. And I think, I think they wouldn't immediately say, well, what would the rabbi say? They were actually experiencing the Psalms as something guttural and something they could actually feel. And that's, th- this kind of goes back to the question that, 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 was it a priest that asked that question about hip- Hebrew poetry? Right. Well, um, we're going to be led through a full gamut of emotions when we pray the Psalms. And sometimes we're going to encounter uh, things that we're not feeling at that time. And, and, but there will be a time in which we are feeling it, or there might be somebody that we know that is actually feeling this Psalm right right now. And I think that's the, that's really important. I had, I, when I started praying the the liturgy of the hours, praying the Psalms every Mm -hmm. day, five times a day, I I realized like, I can't relate to the emotions that are being expressed in this poetry. And Father Glenn, uh, a priest at the seminary said to me, he said, but somebody is experiencing that. And so you offer that for them yep. when you're praying it. And I think that's huge. That was yep. huge. It was a turning point in my life, mm-hmm. really. Yeah. And what Dr. Barstead was saying is the, the Psalms give us the opportunity to expand our eye. Because when, when I am praying this Psalm, I cry out in the night before you. I don't cry out in the night. I wake up. I might go to the bathroom. I might check my alarm. I might have a scary dream. But there, there's nothing in my life right now where I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm in anguish. Right. And 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 I actually have this agony that that weighs over me. Um but man, I know people that that, that is happening to. Yeah. Friends true. friends that we have that are going through deep deep sufferings that I can't I can't fully embrace and yet through the word of God somehow um the Holy Spirit comes upon me, and I actually feel, in a very minute way, um, something of what this guy was going through. Right. Um, and and so just just allowing the the dexterity of the words to to be um, encountered in my in my recitation of it, but even as I'm saying that word, like the pit, like what what am I imagining? Um, 
And when we talk about enemies, like, what are we imagining? I mean, nobody has, nobody has like somebody that's perpetually out to get them like Wile E. Coyote or something. Uh, but everyone has something in their life that just keeps coming at them and just gnawing at them, a memory, their, their sins, um, a challenge, maybe, uh, their vocation, their future vocation, maybe their present vocation. I don't know what it is. Um, but the, the capacity to actually encounter this is infinite. Right. Um, and yeah. And so the, the, those words, big words, boring words of specification, intensification, dramatization, concretization, just look and see the way in which that line flows into the next line. And it, you don't have to mark your Bibles and be like, this is an example of concretization. Um, but you can see it. I mean, you could just you can just see it when 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 you're praying that psalm. It's just like, oh, that is such a sweet image. Yeah. And we don't talk like that. No, and it's true. And and just to be quite honest, it's taken me years. Sometimes uh, I'll be praying psalms for years and years, and then all of a sudden, bam, something will just explode. Mm-hmm. It'll just all of a sudden come alive in my mm-hmm. in my heart. But uh, I've prayed it a million times. So I think the important thing is just getting into this recitation. Yep. And catching this poet poetic structure. So this is a good topic. Yeah. So, um, for your, for your challenge, take a Psalm first, uh, read it slowly, uh, try to engage it in a way that, um, really allows your humanity to, um, encounter the Psalm, not just, not just your brain, not you, n- don't go to the sacred brain. That's what one of the priests at our seminary always says, don't immediately go to your sacred brain, go to the sacred heart, allow yourself to feel it, allow it to penetrate uh, sit with it. Uh, you know, the, the Jews always had uh, an image of a cow chewing the cud. You know, just just mull over it. And then I would say, don't go on to the next psalm. I mean, it, it's, it's not a race. We're going we're gonna to pray these psalms for the rest of our life. Pick one psalm. Do Bible roulette. Go through the psalms and then flip through and then point your finger down. Hopefully it's not Psalm 119 because that's the longest psalm of the entire uh, right, right. Psalter, but find one Psalm and try to memorize part of it. I mean, the ability to have the word of God ready at your disposal isn't just a cool thing to pull out at parties or on the subway, but um, I mean, just like it said in Psalm 1, blessed is the man who meditates on the law day and night. Uh, he is like a tree planted beside running water. I actually learned uh, Psalm 1, uh, a few years ago for Lent, and I just said, I'm I'm going to memorize this psalm so I have it ready. And then I told myself, oh, this will be so cool, and I'll memorize all the psalms and blah, blah, blah. And I think I have like four memorized. Um, but that's four more than, than I, me, than John Nepple. Yeah, but he true. has one more Gerard Manley Hopkins poem than me. I got God grander down. All right, folks. CatholicStuffPodcast at gmail.com. That's it. Thanks for listening. Cheers. Cheers.